Recorded during the Plague Year 2020, this is the Andromeda Minute, the 100th episode of the Andromeda Minute, a show where Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, we go over one minute of Robert Wise's all-too-timely 1971 techno-thriller, The Andromeda Strain, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm one of your hosts, Jim O'Kane of TVDad.com. And I'm your auxiliary support host over here, Nancy O'Kane. Very pleased to be celebrating the 100th episode of this podcast. Hooray, which of course you know means that we only have 30 more <laughs> episodes to <laughs> crank through. So yeah. in six and weeks, I'm, it's I'm all still over. waiting, still waiting for the balloons and the streamers and the confetti. Nothing's happening yet. Yeah, nothing. We just got a screaming baby. Same as always. <laughs> Same as always. Yeah. So uh, anyway, we're we're here in uh, we're we're starting off the episode uh, interviewing. Peter Jackson about uh, about who the baby is and where he's from and what he does, and uh, we end where we almost find out what's wrong with uh, his other his other buddy his other uh, yes Pete we friend, we Pete end Arnold. this minute on a on a cliffhanger yeah the only thing wrong with him is <clears throat> and then yeah gone so <laughs> in the meantime we get uh, a little bit of uh, apparently this is how Doctor Hall thinks of all little towns is that they're all a bunch of uh, gossipy little biddies who who want to uh, mention why Piedmont got destroyed because it was bad. Well, I couldn't figure out really whether that was something he actually was trying to be sincere about or whether he was just trying to get a rise out of the guy. Yeah, I, I think he just wanted... He was playing good cop, bad cop, only he was huh. both. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know if... Uh, I don't know if, you know, <laughs> Dr. Hole realized that he really didn't have the legs that uh, Peter Jackson was interested in after last after this last minute, uh, but yeah, he's uh, he 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 did get what he needed to get out of him trying to trying to get him to to open up a little bit more about the town of Piedmont and what happened there. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I wonder about in this minute is when uh, he said the man we found all dressed up in his doughboy's u- uh, uniform. He's talking about the guy that drowned himself in the bathtub. Yeah, right at the beginning, yes. Right, yeah. Uh, so did that mean that Peter Jackson was wandering all over town uh, looking looking at everybody that was around? I, I would... No, that is that is kind of what he's implying, isn't it? Yeah, it. I, I guess. I mean, it must have been a really horrible night. If you think about what uh, Peter Jackson went through that whole night, he the, the event happened sometime late at night, mm-hmm. and uh, everybody was dead except for this baby... And Peter Jackson, they all died almost instantly. Except, so I, I think it does make sense that he might have been running all around town, looking in windows, opening doors, just trying to see if anybody else was alive besides him. And he may have bumped into a bunch of these other people who were in the process of killing themselves. I mean, Pete Arnold That's killed true. himself, the little old lady that hanged herself and killed her uh-huh. cat, uh, or her cat actually. We don't know if she killed her cat or if her cat died. It was just dead on the stairs with a note attached to it. Oh, so, that's right. We don't know for sure. So this must have been, you know, Peter Jackson, who doesn't seem to be insane. He's just a little bit loopy from drinking Sterno all of his life. Uh, but, you know, he's he's watching all these people. And it's a small town. You and I both lived in small towns. Everybody yes. knows everybody else. It's possible that Peter Jackson grew up in Piedmont. Uh-huh. And, you know, to see everybody he knew and you know possibly loved die. Yeah, uh, and that would explain why he was so annoyed when um, Dr. Hall told him it was a bad place. He was defending his own hometown. Yeah. Um, the only thing that I wondered about was, did did they turn off the phone lines? Is that Did Vandenberg turn off the phone? You know, I would think if he's there, everybody's dead. 
and he's miles away from anybody else. Uh, wouldn't you try to call somebody? Well, he's he's not the most stable of individuals, so yeah. maybe that didn't occur to him. Yeah, I don't think he's you know, not quite the Sherlock Holmes. I think he just went out and said, I, I need some more Sterno. He probably went into yes. the grocery store and grabbed a Sterno and um, just hung out all night. Probably, I would think he drank. I don't think Sterno was his only alcohol of choice. So it, he was having a bad day and, uh, you know, walking around in a bed sheet carrying a butcher knife just in case anybody, you know, the Martians were landing. Yeah, yeah. Um. He must have gone into the doctor's office, I would think. I, I think he would, if, if you're going to... That gonna, would probably be, yeah. If he was thinking straight, that's where you'd head to find out what was going on. Although he's self-medicating, so maybe he doesn't trust doctors. Ah. Which would be another reason why he didn't get along with Dr. Hall. Yeah, we could really use a lot of backstory in these characters that we just haven't gotten. Yeah, I, I, I want to know more. I just I just want to know... I, I want You know, it, it's... What's going to happen to the baby? That's the other the other thing I always wonder. The baby's oh, that poor in... little baby. Yeah. I just picture his his actual mom sitting there watching this baby lying on the table under the hot studio lights, watching him cry, not being able to go pick him up. I yeah. felt so bad. Yeah, and Robert yeah, Wise, can doesn't... you get the baby to cry more a little? I mean, he... <laughs> he's a pretty good crier. I will say that. Yeah, that must have been quite an audition. Uh, there's. <laughs> There's a, uh, I had been reading in, I think I still have the Norman Rockwell book. There's a, there's a book by Norman Rockwell who, uh, he talks about a life in pictures where he drew pictures. And he has a picture of a woman sit, one of his Saturday evening post covers is this woman having a baby on her lap. And the baby's just screaming its head off. And, <laughs> and when, he painted from life. So Yeah, he always painted from life. So he brought in a bunch of people, with, you know, to get, to, to draw them. And he wanted he he had this uh, he, he hired this baby who seemed a bit colicky, but the day he sh- he showed up for his studio appointment because he took photographs of the babies of the of people that he did before he drew it, and they couldn't get this kid to cry. He was just very good natured baby, and the mom said, "Look, you want this kid to cry, huh?" And so he said, "Well, yeah," and she reached behind her head and pulled out a hat pin and jabbed the kid in the butt, and that kid yet out a, let out a yelp. And Norman Rockwell got the picture, and he's like, "Well, it's the kid's mom." And you know, okay, thanks. This is, this is what happens in the '30s when you need money and you've got a your stage, stage door Johnnies and and stage mothers. Uh, but uh, yeah, rather dramatic picture. I'll see if if I can post it on the website. Uh, I'll, I'll see if I can find the 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 drawing that he made of this kid. I'm, but I'm pretty sure that book is right in the living room on our uh, living room coffee table. Awesome. I will. I will dig it up and hopefully post it uh, on in in today's. By the way, if, if you're looking for uh, all these pictures and multimedia that we talk about, it's always over at uh, the uh, Project Wildfire uh, Andromeda Facebook page. Uh, so check that out when you get a chance. <coughs> um, there's uh, the actor here does a great job of being a uh, recalcitrant patient or a very uncooperative patient cranky old man yeah he does a great cranky old man and i have the feeling he may have had experience in his family with cranky old people because he really (laughs) he really has it down to a to a science i mean you and i have both dealt with cranky older people and this this really this really hits home as to uh uh what cranky old people look like and uh, he does he does a great great job acting and still managing to you know hit his lines perfectly 
Um, I I really enjoyed George Mitchell. This was unfortunately this was his last uh, uh, his last movie. He he died before the movie premiered, and oh, that's uh, too bad. He he had a he had a great life do, doing all of these uh, uh, these movies, um, but he was born in 1905, and uh, he, oh, I'm sorry, he did he did make it through to the end of this movie. He, he lived oh. until 1972, but I believe this was his last film. Okay. Um, he was in a he was in a TV movie that didn't uh, didn't show up until 1973, but it was filmed about the same time. Uh, but just a just a great guy. He had I don't know, seventy or eighty. You know he was a obviously a stock player in the Universal sets, and um, he he was uh, he was the guy in uh, the, in the Twilight Zone that was I think it was the very first episode of the Twilight or first or second episode where he came into town and he was kind of a carnival barker or a, he he was a patent medicine salesman. And oh, so uh, the one that could he, bring people back to life? No, no, no. This oh. is the one. This is the one where he'd sell people different. This was uh, he sold this uh, this potion that would make you the fastest gun in the West. And, oh, okay, that was a good one too. Yeah. And he, I, I don't know if I should spoil it or not. Well, it's a very good episode. If you see, if you ever see, uh, I, I've, I've forgotten the name of the episode, but if you ever see him on. Uh, 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 of course, I'm going to have to go look this up while <laughs> while we're talking. Uh, yes. But he. No, no, uh, I was going to say you can just put that information up on the website. Yeah, it'll 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 be up there. But it's it's right easier up there to... with the Norman Rockwell photo. Yeah, he's. Uh, here we go. He. Um, I will find. I will find out who this is. Um, ah, he was Doctor Floyd in uh, uh, Ringading Girl. I think was the name of the uh, the particular episode that he was in. And uh, he did a great job playing a, a bit of a flim flam man. I uh, I enjoy I enjoyed him being that. And gosh, if you're gonna go out, you might as well go out on a high spot. And this his scenes, although they're very limited in this movie, he does have some great scenes in this. There's one coming up in about well, in about fifteen twenty minutes that is I think it's the last time we see him, but <laughs> he does uh, he does he has a great final exit line. For the, uh, for that, but we'll, we'll save that for later. Okay. Uh, um, and I, <laughs> I, hate, I hate thinking about the the fact that, uh, it, well, he he's uh, about the same age as we are, so <laughs> it's it's a little bit. Oh my. Um, people people were older back in the day, though. Be, yeah, yeah. He's he's a whole sixty six, just to let you know, as he, while he's filming this. <laughs> and this is. Yeah, you know, uh, and I do shave, so I feel, <laughs> I feel. Yes, thankfully you do. Yeah. Although you used to have that beard, and I really liked it. Yeah, but I, well, I I do have if if I do let it grow in, I I do have his stubble. I mean, people start throwing money out of car windows when they see me on the street <laughs> if I if I let it go for a couple of days. Um, I'm the other thing I'm impressed about in this, and I mean these are all great actors. I I, mm-hmm. I don't think I, I think this movie was perfectly cast. And I don't think there's a bad actor in the bunch, but right. I do I like. I can't imagine anybody else playing these parts. You're right. No, and I think Paula Kelly as as the nurse, she doesn't have any lines in this one, but she just has to act and react. And she just does a beautiful scene here that's only about three seconds long, where she's listening to Doctor Hall playing bad cop and making making her patient upset just to get him to talk. Yeah. And you know she has to look concerned, upset, a little bit angry, and. All at the same and, time, and under- at the same time, she's taking care of the baby. Yeah, 
and understanding what he's doing. Like, uh-huh. like he has to do this. He has to be the way he is. Um, but just a, a beautiful, a, a beautiful scene acted between three professionals and a baby. Um, I, uh, the other, the other part of this that uh, is great is the interaction between the cinematographer who's you know filming this and the editor as we go through the. It, this would be an easy scene to shoot as just. Uh, a straight on two shot like you you show a master shot of where everybody is and then you show two people and you look over the other person's shoulder and you go back and forth but on this one uh robert wise being you know he started as an editor and was also a cinematographer he understood how the camera worked he understood how people read things on screen he worked on citizen kane and worked with greg toland who was uh, the director of photography there and understood the placement of people in diagonals on the screen that the diagonal is a much more dramatic way of looking at things. When you see Dr. Hall looming over Jackson, who doesn't want to talk and telling him all, you know, he's playing on his fears and saying, this is, uh, you know, this is what's going to happen. Everybody in your town was bad. Everybody's going to know about it. And they're going to, you know, they're going to think about Piedmont that way forever. It's going to be like love canal. It'll be like, you know, it's just, it's going to be a memorable town for being, but for being bad, you know, Sodom and Gomorrah and Piedmont, New Mexico. Um, and he takes that very personally. But that, you know, just going back across that diagonal, the next shot that he has is the face-on shot, the reverse shot, which is we're basically looking over Dr. Hall's shoulder, but it's from above. And it shows Jackson looking back at him saying, no, that's not true. That's, you know, you're crazy and all this other stuff. Yeah. Jackson's in a position of vulnerability. He's beneath Hall. Hall has the you know the dominant side of it. Right. So, right. and and we and everybody has been to the movies. You know, people who grew up with movies, they all know this stuff. They just don't realize they know it. When you're being told this stuff through the language of cinema, you know what's going on in the story here. It uh-huh. it it's you know, and we we read it as well as the Greeks read certain masks that they wore in Greek theater. You know, so we just we ha- we understand the visual language as well as the verbal language that's coming out of their mouths in the script. Yeah, that that's true, and and it's Robert Wise. He's the one that made this all happen the way it did. Yeah, yeah, he's. I, I think he's a director. But the important thing with Robert Wise is not only is he the director, he can speak to the cinematographer he, he, he can tell him what kind of shot he wants what the lighting should look like what the coloring what the you know what where the camera should be floating in space uh-huh. and he can also talk to the editor as they cut back and forth he cuts he cuts in the middle of lines and things so that you you get connected as um you know as hall is talking or as uh as jackson finishes saying i don't you know jackson says um I don't want to, he, he, he said, I don't want to think about it. Uh-huh. But while he's saying, I don't want to think about it, we cut to the other scene of him in, you know, it's talking. So even though the two scenes are shot separately, you had to, you had to take the camera out, set it up and put it another way. But when you play the audio over it, uh, you, you get the idea that this is, this is the, you know, this is all happening at the same time. Um, now when I want to go back and watch the minute again, since you've explained <laughs> everything that I've just watched. <laughs> well, there's some, uh, I, here, I will give you a, mo- I, just so that, you know, this is a 50 year old movie and uh-huh. just to give, give you an idea that this, this idea of putting audio over an, uh, an edit cut, you can see that today when you watch the famous, um, you know, any of the Ryan George pitch meetings, 
<laughs> yes. when you watch that, he's talking, but he shows the reaction while while he's he, still talking. Yeah. yeah, while yeah, while he's the the guy doing the pitch or while he's the producer, he talks over the over the reaction shot so you feel like, "Oh yeah, it's two guys in a room." And uh -huh. that that's what they do here on a smaller version saying they film this at different times, but uh you know, here it looks it looks like it's all happening at the same yeah. time. I'm so glad those sideburns have gone away though. I'm looking at James Olsen's sideburns through this whole thing. I'm like, oh, I remember those. <laughs> they would lift, you, you know, it's like you could grow sideburns, but they'd lift up. <laughs> you could peel that up and it would be at the top of his ear. That's that, that last little bit was so long that used to drive me crazy. It was like four locks or something. Just, uh, um, wow. Well, uh, this, there isn't much to this minute, but it's it's an intriguing minute just from a technical aspect and from an acting aspect. I mean, it, it, George Mitchell gets to do a lot of great acting here in just a couple of words. And even, you know, even James Olsen, he, he gets a minute to be in charge instead of reacting to things. Uh -huh. So it's a, it's a nice minute to see. Um, you still like the, you, you still like this movie though, right? I mean, after, even if we've been beating it to death for a hundred minutes. <sighs> Yeah, I like it as much as I ever did. Let's put it that way. Okay. <laughs> All right. You don't hate it. You don't hate the movie. I don't hate the movie. No. Yeah. All right. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> wow. Well, if anyone else has uh, thoughts on this film, we're always interested to hear about it. On social media, you can find us, as I said earlier, at Project Wildfire, the uh, Andromeda Minute Hangout on Facebook, and uh, also on Twitter at Andromeda Minute. Uh, if you've missed any of our previous 100 episodes, that's a lot of listening. If you want to go back and listen to my hours and hours and hours of it over at our main site, andromedaminute.com, or you can find it at Google Play, uh, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify, or TuneIn, or wherever, wherever you found this particular minute. They probably have a bunch of our other minutes. So go in, click subscribe, and you can get it delivered hot and fresh every Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays. Well, we're going to start the uh, last half hour on uh, Wednesday, so uh, check back with us then. In the meantime, please do the three things we always ask you to do. Uh, stay six feet apart. Uh, wear a mask. And wash your hands for at least 20 seconds. That way, uh, if everybody does this, we can uh, keep the, uh, the plague at bay until uh, vaccines get distributed which seems to be coming pretty soon and as you're listening to this you might be listening to the past going oh yeah they all came out it was fine so hopefully uh <laughs> we'll get those vaccines but in the meantime do those three things and really it doesn't hurt to wash your hands <laughs> once in a while i mean we've all yelled at our kids please wash your hands before you're sitting down and eating and things um always a good idea anyway we will see you here next time on the andromeda minute Very flattering. We don't know much more than when we got here.